0: Turn in your Bibles with me to Romans, the book of Romans, chapter 15, verse 13. We're just going to look at one verse today. Don't worry, I still managed to make six pages out of it, like normal. But um, I've titled this message, Cultivating Christian Motherhood, simply because... Uh, that precious gift that God has graced us with in our mothers—that's our focus on this special day. But the truth that God provides for us in Romans fifteen thirteen here—it's uh, applicable to every single follower of Jesus Christ. I could have just as easily titled this sermon "Cultivating Christian Fatherhood" or "Cultivating Christians," for that matter. Romans fifteen thirteen is what we call a benediction. That's. Typically something when we hear that word, we might think it's the last prayer before you all are released out of here at the end of the service. Uh, and that's what a benediction is. It's simply a closing statement or, or a goodbye. And it's interesting because this is one of several in Romans. You'll notice, um, it, uh, typically we see these at the very end of any of the books from Romans on to Revelation. Uh, here, this one, well, there's, there's more after chapter 15-13, right? You got the rest of chapter 15. You got all of chapter 16. Uh, Paul gives uh, about three of these benedictions here. That got me to thinking Paul might be southern. He has a lot of goodbyes. You know, I'm from Wisconsin, up in the upper Midwest. When it's time to say goodbye, we might get up from the chair and say, Welp. We say whelp. That means goodbye, and that's about it. Um, here, when I go and visit y'all, I might start with a whelp, and then there's a second goodbye at the door as you take me there, and usually you'll take me out to the car, and there's a third goodbye, so I don't know, it was Saul of Tarsus, maybe it was Southern Tarsus or Tarsus Borough, but uh, he might have been Southern. Uh, Here, let's read, let's read chapter 15, verse 13, and look at, there's powerful truth, it's not just simply a closing prayer, it's um, Paul's prayer for these Christians and for you, and because it's divinely inspired, it's God's prayer for these Christians and for you. Romans 15, 13, now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. Let's pray. Fathers, we come to your word this morning. We come to this prayer. I I pray that we'd see what it is. There's a lot of truth in here. So much more than a little goodbye. We might simply read through quickly. Uh, So jam-packed, this verse. So jam-packed with important truth about what it means to be a Christian and what it means to follow you. And so, Lord, as we study this together, may your Holy Spirit uh, illuminate this truth. And I pray that it would be life-changing truth. You have promised that your word uh, does not um, go void. That when uh, when your Holy Spirit takes it and drives it into our hearts, it results in life transformation. May that happen here this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. How How desperately the church of Jesus Christ needs Christians. And today we're going to especially direct our focus on Christian mothers who are rooted, who are rooted. Well, what's the root? It's relationship with God, and that's clear in scripture. Um, J.I. Packer, famous pastor and author and theologian, said there is such a dramatic difference between knowing God and knowing about God. When you know him, you have energy to serve him. You have boldness to share Christ and you have contentment in him. When you truly know him, not just know about him, when there's truly a relationship. And, and uh, verse 13 begins with this prayer from Paul for these believers because he strongly desires that every believer would know, um, be, be rooted, be rooted in the God of hope. It says in verse 13, isn't that who God is for us in Jesus Christ? He's a God of hope he's the only location. He's the sole source of true lasting hope in our lives. And as followers of Jesus Christ, as those who have trusted in who Jesus is and what he did for us on the cross and in the empty tomb so that we could be restored to relationship with God through faith. Well, we have access to this hope from the God of all hope. We did not have that always. Before we were saved, prior to you being born again, God describes us in Ephesians 2.12 as being without Christ, having no hope, and being without God in this world. And it pains me to think that that's the reality for so many people. The untold millions uh, who have this as their current experience. No hope. Without God in this world. Both mothers and others. No hope. They don't know hope because they don't know the God of hope. As a result, they have no hope. They have no joy, as it talks about in this verse. They have no peace. They have no power to be the mother that God has designed them to be and that He desires that they be when He created the family unit as that basic, most foundational cornerstone of society, all because they don't have a relationship with the God of hope. Do you have that? I pray that you do. And if you don't, I pray that this morning uh, would be the day that you begin a relationship with God through faith in Jesus Christ. And if you have, well then Christian, there is nothing that's more essential to your having hope. And, and I mean true, real, lifelong, life-transforming hope, God dispensed hope, than you being rooted. You have to be rooted in your relationship with God through faith in Jesus Christ. When, when you trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior you became God's child. Uh, You were brought into a new, eternal, uh, beautiful family, the church of Jesus Christ. You, You were positionally, it's very important, when that happened, when you trusted Christ as Savior, you were positionally united with Christ. You received a new identity. You were planted in that identity, rooted in that identity. You are a Christian now. A follower of Jesus. And it is the most important, the most valuable thing about you. But what happens so often right after that, and may for the rest of your life, uh, and it's not exclusive to mothers, it happens to every Christian. uh, Right after being positioned in Christ, right after being rooted in Christ, well, something comes along and we are tempted to pull up roots and then plunk them down into something else or somewhere else in some other identity and some other attempt to define ourselves and who we are and in some other less important or less valuable way and uh, it can be a myriad of things it might be career It might be a relationship. Uh, It could be a hobby or just something that you're, you're passionate about. It might be some sense need for fulfillment or some longing. And instead of remaining rooted in who we are in Jesus Christ, instead of remaining rooted in our relationship with him and that identity, instead of that being our foundational and our primary, most important identity, we try to send down roots into something else. God's telling us here, don't do that. God inspires the Apostle Paul here to pray that we don't do that. Because it's a constant temptation for every believer in this world. There is nothing that's more important or more life transforming in cultivating Christianity and today Christian motherhood than you being rooted, you being rooted in your relationship with God through faith in Jesus. What I mean by that is that that you know and you rest in, you rest in who you are in him. In him. Secondly, we must uh, see that this root, this relationship with God, it also brings reward from God. The reason he's the God of our hope is because of the reward that he's held out to us. Our hope, the God of hope. He is our reward. Uh, a relationship with him, yes. But also what that relationship is. Brings to us. New life in Christ now. Eternal life with Christ in heaven one day. That the God of hope. Is the God of hope. Because he rewards us with an identity in Christ. Uh, and with that. Here's the reward. With that comes freedom from the penalty of sin. That's a reward that's going to be yours one day. You're going to experience it fully. You'll be in heaven with him forever. But also. But also. He rewards us with freedom from the power over sin. That's a reward we can experience now. That we no longer live in this world, as Ephesians 2.12 described us, without Christ and without hope. We no longer live as slaves to our sin nature. Having to do this or, or having to do that simply because, well, that's just who I am. It's something I've always struggled with. No, our reward is the new life that we have in Jesus Christ. And the power to transform, to be conformed to Christ's image. And these rewards, they are only available to those who are rooted in a relationship with God. They don't come from self-help advice. They won't result from any self-care techniques. If you're going to have freedom from the penalty of sin and freedom from the power of sin in our lives, that's only going to come from being rooted in a relationship with God. I wish we could all... Just grab a hold of what God promises Abraham, because he promises it to you too, if you've trusted Christ as Savior. God told Abraham in Genesis 15.1, he says it to you this morning, don't be afraid. I am your shield. I, I am your reward. I am your reward. And um, do you know how vitally important that is, understanding that? Appropriating it to your life, that the God of hope is genuinely and exclusively your sole source of hope. Here's why. Because do you know what roots always result in? Roots produce fruit. And that's the next thing we see in these verses. There's two fruits that are specifically mentioned here, they're on these little coasters joy and peace. Those are the two. And listen, there's a bunch of other positive fruits that will spring from those two. Um, But joy and peace sounds good, doesn't it? Who doesn't want joy and peace? Let's look at the first one, joy. Those who are rooted in a relationship with God through faith in Jesus, they have the fruit of joy just popping out of their life. Now, I didn't say happiness. God's word doesn't say happiness. It says joy. They, They are related. Joy in Jesus will make you happy. But the Christian fruit of joy is not necessarily exactly the same as happiness. This world is full of things that will promise you happiness. And some even provide it, albeit temporarily. Um, Every commercial, every advertisement you see on TV or here on the radio or um, that comes across as you're scrolling, uh, it's predicated on the desire, your desire, to find happiness. But let me tell you, the the joy that is a fruit of you being rooted in relationship with Jesus Christ, um, that's something altogether different than happiness. This world's concept of this. I, I know this because you and I can go to the book of Philippians. There's a couple books over here. Um, and its main theme is joy and rejoicing. A book that was penned from a Roman prison cell by the apostle Paul. And in Philippians 4, 4 God says through Paul, Rejoice in the Lord always. 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 In case we misunderstand God's command or or thought there was maybe a back clause uh, condition, the verse continues with, again, I say, rejoice. And you might say, how can I possibly do that? Jason, you don't know what I've experienced in this life. And you're right, I don't, but God does. And God did not say there, be happy all the time. Again, I say, be happy. That's not the command of Philippians 4. 4. In fact, God didn't even say rejoice always. Again, I say rejoice. God says here that the fruit of you and I being rooted in relationship with God through faith in Jesus is that we can obey his command to rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice in the Lord. That's different. Is your relationship with God through faith in Jesus, is it not something that's worthy of you rejoicing over? despite whatever else comes your way, any other circumstances that might threaten your happiness. And we could spend hours this morning going over real-life examples of this being put into practice, but I'll give you one, one that many of you are familiar with, I know. From a Christian wife who became a widow and a mother, Elizabeth Elliot. And she and her husband, along with three other couples, were obedient to God. They took the gospel of Christ, the call was put on their life, took the gospel of Christ to the jungles of South America. And it wasn't long after the mission team made initial contact with the tribe they were trying to reach with the gospel, that Elizabeth's husband and the other three men, they were murdered by them, by the very ones that they were trying to reach for Jesus Christ. And many of you know the rest of the story. Eventually, Elizabeth and the others returned to that tribe <laughs> shared the gospel with them, and the majority of them trusted in Jesus as their Savior. Listen to me. Happiness won't do a shred of that. But joy in Jesus will. Amen? Joy in Jesus can do that kind of thing. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice in the Lord. One of Elizabeth Elliot's famous quotes that so perfectly applies to what God is teaching us here about having a fullness of joy that comes from being rooted in relationship with Christ to having it dominate our lives, having it dictate our daily decisions, that kind of joy. She said, the secret is Christ in me, not me in different circumstances. If we could just understand that and remember it when threats to our joy come our way. Mother Christian, that, that is the joy and that is a fruit that can be your real experience if you remain rooted in your relationship with God. You keep that as your primary identity, the most important and most valuable thing about you. Paul also prays here, not just joy, but but also peace, that we can know God's peace. And I could say just about the same thing, and I'm gonna make it a little shorter because of how it and real biblical joy are interconnected. Again, our ability to have peace in the difficult circumstances in life, our ability to have peace with the difficult people of life, it flows from the peace that we have in relationship with God. There was a time when we did not have peace with God. Um, and as a result, we were unable to have peace with the difficult people in our life. Colossians 1.21 describes us before coming to Christ as our Savior as being alienated from God. There's no peace there. Enemies in our mind because... Of our evil behavior. That's what it was like before we were saved. We had no peace with God. And had no hope of having peace with others. But then Jesus stepped in. Didn't he? I hope so. You learned what uh, he did for you. You learned who he was. You trusted him as savior. And Ephesians 2.13 says. He. He is our peace. That's why we can have peace. Because Jesus Christ is our peace. Jesus said to his followers. John 16, these things have I spoken to you that in me, kind of like rejoice in the Lord always, that in me, you will have peace. And Jesus said, you will have tribulation in this world. I promise it. That's a promise from God. Uh, but he said, don't fear. I have overcome this world. That in me, that in me, you might have peace. Is that your perspective on peace? It was for one of my favorite pastors and authors, A.W. Tozer. He, he said this, outside of the will of God, there's nothing I want. Inside of the will of God, there's nothing I fear. And I want you to grab something in your life and put that in the place of nothing. Maybe it's a health struggle. Out, outside of the will of God, maybe I want good health. Who don't? <laughs> but outside of the will of God, I don't want it. If it's not God's will for my life, I don't want it inside of the will of God, a lack of good health, I'm not going to fear it. Maybe it's wealth. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's something else that that you're longing for. But, But peace says this, outside of the will of God, well then I don't want it. I only want it if it's God's will. And if it's God's will for my life, then no matter what my perspective on it currently is, I'm going to have peace because Inside the will of God, there's nothing I fear. And before we move on here in Romans 15, 13, I don't want to miss out on two little key words that apply to these fruits of joy and peace that are ours when we remain rooted in relationship with God through faith in Jesus. The prayer here, and what's available uh, to us through faith in Christ, is that the God of hope would fill, would fill you with all, with all joy and peace. This world will tell you it has a better quality thing to have joy and peace come into your life. It doesn't. This world will tell you it has a better quantity. It doesn't. God says he wants to fill you with all joy and peace. You read that? Fill. Fill. Only God can give you that measure. This world is not capable of it. Filled with all joy and peace, it says. And how we need Christian mothers and grandmothers, and fathers, how many Christians in general who are just full of the joy and peace that springs up as a fruit from being rooted in a relationship with Jesus Christ. Your kid, Listen, your kids need to see that. A world that is without it, and that desperately settles every single day for inadequate sources of joy and peace, they need to see that. And to fully experience the good that God wants you to know in this life. And to fulfill your purpose of glorifying God. We need to live. Live. Filled with his joy and peace. Finally, let's look at the boost here. In the last part of this verse. The God of hope. He says he wants us to abound. (laughs) So many strong words. Take it to another lover. Fill all. That you might abound in it. Abound in hope. There's only one way that that can happen it's through the power of the Holy Ghost. That's what God tells us here, verse 13, it's through his indwelling. When you receive Jesus Christ as your Savior, the minute you confessed your sin and you trusted in who Jesus is and what he did to pay the penalty for his sin, you, you were born again. In that very moment, the Holy Spirit came to indwell you. He's going to stay put there until God calls you home or until Jesus Christ returns. God's word tells us that the Holy Spirit is the one who called you to trust in Christ as Savior. He is the one that helped you trust in Christ. And here in verse 13, it says, The God of hope who wants to fill us with all joy and peace, he does that through faith. That's what it says there. In believing. He does it through faith. And that this faith is the power of the Holy Ghost working in us and working through us. So knowing And experiencing God as our sole source of hope. Knowing and experiencing a fullness of joy. A fullness of peace in him. That only comes our way one way. In believing, it says, through faith. That there's no better hope. That there's no better joy. There's no better peace than what you have in Jesus Christ. That's what it means to be rooted in relationship with him. In believing, it says, through faith, through forsaking all, I trust him. That's what faith means. And that belief, that that in believing, is always evident in our behavior. It don't mean that you don't go looking for joy and peace or put your hope in this or or that or anything or, or anyone but him for your security and for your identity or for Happiness, tranquility, peace. But, but, but only in remaining rooted in your relationship with Jesus. Plants need a boost. Um, they can have roots. But if there's no soil or no water or no sun, no nutrients, they, they won't bear fruit just from roots alone. Your faith, your in-believing, and the power of the Holy Ghost, that is the boost that will bring these fruits of joy and peace from the one that we are rooting, rooted in. Uh, that, that indwelling, that indwelling that occurred the moment you trusted in Christ as Savior, it is a secure thing. It is a forever thing, but it can be so much more if, if you want that, because it can go from indwelling to actually filling, and it ought to. That's not something that's only reserved for special believers, uh, high Echelon of, of Christians. It's something God wants for every Christian. Ephesians five eighteen. God commands it. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. So if it's a command from God, it's something that every Christian uh, has access to, uh, and it's also an up to us thing to be filled with the Holy Spirit to have Him as our our boost. You cannot be filled with the Holy Spirit if you are filled with something else. Fill means fill. Um, the reality is there can be no fullness of the Holy Spirit in the Christian's life if there's anything, and I mean anything, in there that's taking up any space. And Without a fullness of, of the Holy Spirit in us, there, there won't be a fullness of joy like is promised here, what Paul prays for you to have here. There won't be a, a fullness of hope and joy and peace that God wants you to know and that he wants you to share with others. How do we sign up for that? Well, first you've got to empty out whatever else is taking up space. He can't move in until there's room there, um, and that's going to require some purging. Probably daily, you're going to have to look at things and say this does not spark joy, like the lady on TV says. <laughs> you're going to have to toss it out and make room for him. You have to clean things up. His Holy Spirit will help you do that, but it's a, a value decision on your part about what you want more? Do you just want to be indwelt and know, know some joy and some peace? That's not what he offers us here. He wants to fill you with all joy and peace so, so that you're abounding with these things. It's totally possible, but only if we are filled with the power of the Holy Ghost, only in believing. That's only, it's only then that, that he can fill us. How does he do it? He always does it his way. How does he fill us? How does he speak to us? Through the very word that he breathed out? Not what 2 Timothy 3:16 says. Um, there will be no fullness of joy. There will be no peace, no fullness of the Holy Spirit without a fullness of the word that the Holy Spirit uses uh, to control us and to fill us with that joy and peace. That you might abound in hope and joy and peace. That is God's desire for every believer. Through the power of the Holy Ghost. He's your boost, mom. He's your your boost, Christian. And and this is not a one and and done cultivation. I mean, he wants you to abound, to to be bearing these fruits frequently. I planted something new in my garden this year. So far, so good. I haven't killed it yet. It's only been two weeks, right? Uh, New kind of tomato. Yeah. I learned a new word. It's called an indeterminate. Does anybody know what an indeterminate is? All right, so it doesn't just bear fruit, like get to a certain height and then boom, all the fruit comes out within a week or two, you're picking them all. This thing's going to grow until the frost kills it or I kill it, which is probably more likely to happen, but it's indeterminate. I mean, it's going to keep growing and I'm going to have tomatoes going crazy. So I'll be giving some to you because I don't even really like tomatoes. Uh, We'll have some, right? But uh, I'm hoping I'll have, because I got six of them, they're going to keep growing. Could be 10 feet tall, it says. Indeterm- that's that's the idea here though abounding with fruit it doesn't stop it's not okay i did that no you keep doing it every day it's just bearing fruit it ought to look like some of your zucchini gardens right zucchini grows a lot it grows crazy that's what god wants for you to have that kind of fruit just pouring out of your life and that can be your reality but you got to be rooted in christ are you rooted in christ I mean, have you ever trusted in him as as your savior? If you haven't done that, do that today. Have you ever been transplanted? Out, Scripture says, out of the kingdom of darkness that we are all born into this world in. And then transplanted into the kingdom of his dear son. That happens when you get to this moment in your life when you say, I'm a sinner. And I need a savior. If you've never done that, do that. Even as I'm talking right now, we'll have a time of invitation. But you don't have to wait. And if you want to know more about what that means or... got questions on the back of our bulletin on our website. Come and and get me after the service because I want you to know for certain what it means to have a relationship with God, to be saved, to be born again, to be rooted in relationship with God, in believing that what he says and what he promises and what he provides is worth it. And uh, instead of in believing that that joy or peace or hope is found in, in anything else or anywhere else, uh, friend, if you have been looking elsewhere, the, the temptation to do so is so strong, it is so continual in this world. If you want your roots to be transplanted back where they belong and where they will actually bear life-changing fruit for your good and for God's glory, won't you confess that and commit to do that with the help of the power of the Holy Spirit this morning. Mom, grandma, every Jesus follower, will you remember your roots and remain rooted In a relationship with Christ. uh, Bearing a a Holy Spirit empowered uh, fullness of joy and peace. That God wants you to use. He wants you to use it as a signpost For those around you. For your kids. The next generation to say this is the way. Walk in it. Follow me. This is the way. Jesus is the way. That's what having a fullness of joy and peace. Abounding in the hope. uh, In our God of hope.